everyone. This is the Easy Allies podcast. I'm Kyle Bossman, the Dark Prince of Nerd Media. Joining us this week, Daniel Bloodworth. And the Patience Gamer. Michael Damiani. How's it going? Brandon Jones. Hi. And making this all happen, Ian Inc. I got a clear airhead, man. You're going blue. I respect it. Uh, if you didn't understand that, uh, I gotta quit eating these airheads, man, is what was just spoken. Mm-hmm. Do you know it's an easy way to stop eating airheads? Eat all the airheads. Yeah, so yeah. Ian, I'm curious. Did you think you could consume it before we got to you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh. Ran out of time. That is such bad advice. We did go a little fast. We did go a little fast on that. Eat it all. Uh, let's <laughs> do corrections. Know. Begin corrections music, please. Blood Omen, Legacy of Cain, Legacy of Cain, Soul Reaver. Mm-hmm. Good doy. Yeah, all right. What but, you, but you were talking about Blood Omen 2. Right. Yeah. Which but is also, a... we, we were talking about Soul Reaver as well. Right. Which I th- we got our titles mixed up. Okay. Never again. We got them all straightened out. Cool. Uh, Alan Watts is the philosophist who narrates everything and the Xbox Series X reveal. Nice. Uh, Good doy. Battle Where Kill? were you, Ian? Hawaii. Uh, Battlefield is the Star Wars one. No, it's not. <laughs> Battlefront. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Battlefront is the Star Wars. It's the same word. Battlefield and Battlefront, the same word. No. That's, that's an easy mistake to make. Yeah. Though. No, they, the Battlefront's like your front. Similar. The front, your front. Mm-hmm. The battlefield's where the two enemies fight. And, and the, then the, the two battlefronts would your, coincide on the battlefield. Yeah, you got two battlefronts. Yeah, you're right. Mm. It's not the same word. Yeah. Uh, Call of Duty Ghosts did offer cross-gen multiplayer progress transfers on both PlayStation and Xbox. What did we mess up for Battlefront? What was the correct? What, did, what was that correcting? Oh no, it was me. It was because I said that Battlefront was cross-gen, and someone was like, "Uh-uh, here's a list." It was Louis P. Here's a list of all the games that were actually cross-gen. It's like you knew I just mixed it up. You oh. knew I know Battlefield was cross-gen. Okay. Hey, but yeah. wait, do Battlefronts always take? They're always on a battlefield. Though. Yes. Yeah. 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 But you can have a battlefield without battlefronts. Uh-huh. But so. can and you can't have a battlefront without a battlefield because a right. battlefront existing makes where it takes place a battlefield. Correct. Yes. And you can have none of these without a tree line. Yes, you have to get to the tree line always. <laughs> uh lastly, Jones, I feel like you're perpetuating this. I like Animal Crossing. I don't know where this Kyle doesn't like Animal Crossing things come from. You're pushing this agenda, Jones. And I feel like you forgot I feel, Jones, I feel like you forgot the E3 in which we were stealing the Wi-Fi that we weren't supposed to. It was the E3 production Spike TV Wi-Fi that they told oh, us dude, not to we, log into. I stole that before anybody. And it was to download <sighs> Animal Crossing. Right. New Leaf. But you're the one that keeps bringing up the Animal Crossing's too popular. Yes. But you don't understand Animal Crossing's popularity. You sound like the bird brains in our comments section right now, Jones. It's popular. It's, it's possible to like a game and also think it's more popular than it ought to be. I agree. Why am I? Why are you blaming me for the subject you no, no, brought no, no, up? No, 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 no. Because I hear you. I hear you all the time. Somebody You're came like, after me on Cup of Jones Kyle and said, like, like, will you tell Animal Kyle Crossing. to knock it off? No, it was the showcase. Yeah. They said, will you tell Kyle to knock it off? And you're like, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry Kyle doesn't like Animal Crossing. As if I never played New Leaf with you. Did, did I say, check the tape. Did I say Kyle, quote, Kyle doesn't like Animal Crossing? You have, yes. Maybe. Undo it. And corrections music, please. This is how we hash stuff out here on the Easy Eyes podcast. Uh, we tied a lot of tech talk last week. We did tie a lot of tech talk. We And <laughs> I want to, before we move on from corrections, I want to straighten a couple of things out. Ray tracing, we always say, is reflections, and it's more than that. Mm-hmm. It's lighting. So much more. It's, 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 it's lighting. It's realism. 
It allows you to dynamically make a scene look realistic without having to pre-bake things into textures. Honestly, at this day and age, if your game doesn't have ray tracing, just just stop, you know? <laughs> just, just stop. Next Gen's going to have ray tracing. Animal Crossing Next has ray gen. tracing. Yeah. Yeah. Animal Crossing depends on ray tracing <laughs> for does. all of its in-game action. It does. Uh, and I do want to talk about uh, variable rate shading, because this we had no idea about. Uh, one commenter, Starlight, has, I think... An explanation that really, a few people actually explained it in ways that I think would make sense to anyone, uh, myself included. Uh, so this was, uh, the Xbox Series X was bragging about variable sh rate shading uh, last week, and we're like, what is that? Okay, so here's what it is. VRS, variable rate shading, is basically lowering the shader's quality in areas that you wouldn't usually notice, like in your peripheral vision. Therefore, less rendering power needed for each frame. Currently, it is used to lower the shaders in the corners and edges of each frame because players usually are looking in the center of the screen, especially in FPS games. Racing games lower the left and right sides. Uh, VR, with eye tracking, can lower the shaders for the areas where your eyes are not focusing on. So, the statement that you don't lose image quality is actually false. You just... You're just supposed to not notice it. The technology isn't new, and many consoles and PC games have implemented it in their own methods. This is just Microsoft's version, and it's part of Windows DirectX 12 for PC. Um, I know it'll be better than this, but you know what that reminds me of? What? Rage. Remember Rage with the mega textures or whatever? But if you turned around really fast, you'd see them like load in. No. <laughs> what would you have to do to get mega textures? I mean, that was just like a, the buzzword that they had for Rage in general, like that, like they were using mega textures. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's the idea, right? If you're not looking at it, why render it? Mm -hmm. And so it's funny that it's even on the screen. It's like if there's a dark area, we're not going to render that in high def because that's a who's looking in a dark corner. What a weird way to save save pixels. But I just wonder, I wonder how unnoticeable it will really be. Uh, nobody noticed yet. Apparently, this has been happening for years. Well, I mean, this sounds like this sounds like classic game designs. Like mm -hmm. oh, games sure. forever have been doing low poly models far away, and this is just with the shaders, yeah. right? It's like yeah. a similar variable rate shading. That yeah. is yeah, classic yeah. NPC loading in any Grand Theft Auto game. Mm -hmm. That if you yeah. see an NPC and then turn away and then turn back, they are gone. <laughs> it's just like, maybe uh, not in five, but yeah. So now we have we at least have a good idea of what that is. Sure. Uh, strange to me now, actually, that it was one of the five bullet points. If it's like, yeah, 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 everybody does it. You know what I mean? Okay, all right. Uh, tough bouncers. Time to play tough bouncers. Easy Allies, as everybody everybody knows, runs the most popular nightclub for video game characters exclusively in Los Angeles. Uh, Miami's got a huge one. Uh, uh, every week we must turn away one very popular video game character because our club is so popping. There's just so much room. So uh, we are presented with two characters, and we must choose which one gets to be allowed into our club. Um, our submissions come from Shai Ambar and Kiraz this week. Uh, from Shai. Princess Zelda from Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. <laughs> First of all, she is from the royal family, and you don't say no to the royal family. And secondly, she has a cool new haircut to show off. Lots to consider there. That royal family ain't what it used to be. <laughs> Very true. 
Isn't uh, she like the only one yeah. left in that? Isn't that? Yeah. Not really going to get in trouble with anybody else there. End of the bloodline. Mm. Yeah. Soul Edge from Soul Calibur. Uh, reason, one of the bouncers asks you what to do with the sword left outside of the building. <laughs> Think of all you could accomplish with its power. <laughs> I don't, don't want to have anything to do with that sword. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if you want that falling into the wrong hands. <laughs> but it's, it's our hands. What if you, our hands no, could be the that wrong That thing hands. is cursed, man. What if you picked it up with, like, tongs? <laughs> yeah. You're telling me you're going to leave Soul Edge just hanging out in the sidewalk? Mm-hmm. I think we should it's put it in, like, a closet. See, there's liabilities in the club. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because, you know, when we bring in, like, you know, Agent 47 or somebody that's doing something and then they leave, it's like, that's on them. But this is this is something that we, this is an object we brought into the club. And so if we're responsible, if something happens with that. But Zelda's not really impressing me either. I don't. Mm, hey, wait. What if, what if our bouncer, whoops, what if our bouncer just picks it up and uses it outside the club? Can mm-hmm. we get two in? Because it's technically still outside. And then our bouncer's all powerful. And can do their mm-hmm. job better. Ian, I really like this idea. Yeah. So we have our bouncer just say, buddy, Aren't pick up the, the sword. We, well, we guide our bouncers. Yeah, we manage okay. them. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to muscle you know, a video game character away. Yeah. So we have muscle, and then you know we're, we're there with a the clipboard being like, ah, I'm sorry, I don't think so. So we're like, Vinny, get him out of here. So you're saying, Vinny, pick up the sword. Use brandish soul edge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Princess Zelda, come on in. Well, is there a third? You listed three names at the beginning of this. Uh, no, Cheyenne Bar is one person. Oh, sh- I thought it was Shy and Bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's like Jacob and Ronnie. It's like Jacob and Ronnie? Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> both of them? You got them both? Put, uh, yeah, it's I just say a the dumb bouncer, LA joke. Don't listen to that. <laughs> I guess the bouncer gets the sword and Zelda comes on in. Okay. Are we cool? Yeah. Cool then? Oh, yeah. I'm a little nervous about what happens next week. I'm still a little worried about the sword, yeah. <laughs> but I, think it's, I can't wait. I think it's better in our hands than anybody else's hands, I blood. Agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. That's Especially in Los say. Angeles. That's what Just, they all say. Uh, you're right. Yeah. You're very <laughs> it's right. true. <laughs> uh, do y'all remember my favorite way to start a podcast? New game announcements. Yeah. And we have something that is something close to a new game announcement this week. Mm. It's a new game reveal, I guess we can say. Uh, Your second favorite thing to start a podcast? Yeah. A new game. <laughs> it's close. Uh, last week, last year, excuse me, Riot announced a bunch of games. It says they said, "Hey, we're not just League of Legends anymore. Oh yeah, we're we're, we're doing many many other games. Uh, one of these games, Project A, was interesting because it what took place outside of the League of Legends universe. Uh, it was a new IP and a first person shooter. We'll tell you more about it later. And this week, they told us more. Uh, Valorant is the name of this game from Riot." Uh, and the way this was revealed, there, there was uh, articles and, and, and you know, th- their own website uh, information on that. But uh, primarily a two and a half minute gameplay trailer that plays it very straight. Mm-hmm. And this is how this game was revealed. What do we think about that gameplay trailer? It's kind of double edged because it's not it's not glossed up a lot. Mm-hmm. It is kind of rough. Like you do almost see <laughs> you see like the players kind of like pressing buttons just to see what they'll do, you know, like just kind of like, "Oh, okay, I have this button and oh, that's neat. Okay, I'll you can try this weapon or um there's there's moments of that that you'll cut to one player and they won't do anything. They'll be like, "Is the enemy over here?" Oh, they're not. Mm-hmm. Um and so like they're 
I could see some marketing people being like, no, this is not how you want to show that off. We really want to. Uh, it's like when we get gameplay, they're like, don't show the, don't just post the gameplay. Like, put it on top of people talking or make sure you edit it up or actually, you know, hopefully have it pertain to the stuff that you are saying. But at the same time, especially in the position that Riot is in right now, it is very truthful. Like, they, they really just kind of put it out there and be like, this is what the game is. And it, uh, one thing that resonated with me is it's not, it doesn't look different from the first time we saw it. Like we saw like just a very short uh, glimpse of it before. I think you saw some monitors, right? And this oh. looks like what we saw before. I think we, we did see some some shooting and some, I saw like somebody looked down a scope and shot at somebody and sure. it was like, it needs okay, to be said. kind of a cartoony Counter-Strike and, and that's what we got later yeah. on. This game is Counter-Strike and Overwatch. It's just that. More Counter-Strike than Overwatch, I think. Uh, yeah, it's Counter-Strike with Overwatch powers and people shouting their special moves. Uh, it's so strange because those two games need to be in every article explaining this game. You know, I, th I hear a lot of people get sick of comparisons in video games, but this time it's the clearest thing. You have a very clear idea at home, in your car, of what this game is if we simply say Counter-Strike. Because I, I think the big difference is in Overwatch, Overwatch. Uh, there's a, just a lot of traversal options. There's a lot of characters that can like climb walls or you know uh, grapple up onto stuff or move really fast. Or Tracer can like rewind time. And everyone in this was just kind of walking around. Like there's there's not it's mostly yeah, in their like, abilities and not necessarily in how they get around the map. There's like one big jump. Somebody like does like a high jump into that like dust cloud or whatever the poison cloud. Yeah. So there's maybe some kind of jumping, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that was actually kind of the most intriguing thing was, yeah, this apparently, I don't know if it's a character ability or some kind of special tool or object, but it's like there's whole, like, alleyways that were just completely covered in this thick smoke that you you couldn't see into. When you walk into it, you seem to be taking damage, and it's still hard to see, and so it's just like a very limiting thing that somebody can just pop right out and, and nab you. But that thick smoke is not dark gray. Oh, no. It's like green and pink. Yeah, it's like watermelon colored. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the visual, uh, I don't know, the co visual cover that is posted up all over. And, yeah, the, even the, the, the poisonous toxic cloud, to me, looks straight up ugly. Mm. That green and pink, you're putting that all over your map. You've got an ugly looking game. Yeah, I... It's interesting because we see a lot of things peg themselves as alpha or whatever. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, you know, it's just a way of saying that this game's six months away. Uh, and, they and did say summer 2020 oh, is when, when this game will launch. Yep. Yeah. So you like, but this game is actually feels like an alpha. It feels like an early thing, you know, and, and part of that is because it was just super raw, just cutting between a bunch of people. You know, and their headsets, the headsets being recorded. So it was very, you know, it, it's funny because we've gotten a lot of those, like, fake versions of that over the years, right? It was like yes. <laughs> Anthem and stuff. This and was very much not that. This was, no, this is yeah. these people, you know, talking and trying to have fun, you know. They knew they were being recorded. They yeah. do, the, you do get the impression they know they're being recorded and they know this will be put online. The, yeah, the one moment my eyebrows raised, she was like, let me use my bow. And yeah. I was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Wait, I have this ability. Hold yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. Watch me use it. Step back, other players. More than just chatting, yeah. But yeah, that wasn't, um, that was some Nintendo 64 looking looking graphics there for that wall. Yeah. Uh, Jones, I do feel like it's the right trailer for this type of game, for this type of announcement. I feel like a CG trailer that's like a character reveal trailer wouldn't be right for what this eventually will be. 
Well, I think Riot's smart because I don't think they're going to try to sell these games, all of their the card game, fighting game, like all these new projects that they're working on. Uh, I think they want to try to, you know, right out of the gate, it's just kind of the way the way Riot operates is to sell them directly to the audience that is going to be interested in them. Mm-hmm. And so I think the audience that is going to be interested in the the tactics that might be present in this game uh, and just the, the skill balance, like they're the ones that probably aren't going to sweat of some weird pink green wall. Yeah. Um, they're going to be more interested in the fact that like that blinded me from the other opponents. I can really pop out that some weapons actually, you know, uh, I saw one person, I don't know if it was a gun, but like one person, um, uh, you, uh, and you can do this in, in almost every Call of Duty game in multiplayer, but you can like see people all of a sudden like, oh, there's everybody at least that's like 10, 20 feet away from me or like a weapon that can do that. And so tactically, it's like, OK, now I'm interested in it. But if you start like, you know, squabbling about graphics, it's like, same thing with CSGO. It's like, that's not why I play CSGO. Yeah, Johns, I want to talk about that. I, I think you nailed on something when you talk about they're they're going directly to their audience because you go to their website. You want to learn about Valorant. And the first thing you learn about this game isn't the number of characters, isn't, you know, the backstory of the characters, and they, you know, they have this whole thing from 30 years ago, and it's, it's not even just like, we got this many guns, this many maps, here's, <laughs> here's the first thing you learn about this game. Here's what we think it takes for you to trust a game enough to invest. 128 tick servers, at least 30 frames per second on most min-spec computers, even dating back a decade, 60 to 144 FPS on modern gaming rigs, a global spread of data centers aimed at less than 35 milliseconds for players in major cities around the world, a netcode we've been obsessing over for years, and a commitment to anti-cheat from day one. Shooting in Valorant is precise, consequential, and high Highly lethal. We want you to win on your skill and strategy alone. Jones, basically exactly what you're just talking about. Yeah. I, I like love it. that they start with that. Yeah. Damiani, is that appealing to PC players? I mean, I think it is. Uh, the two things you mentioned there, because I was waiting for like a breakdown of this, because mm-hmm. everything you said about this made me think, yeah, they're, they're speaking to the target audience for this, and I'm, there's going to be a lot of technical specs behind this and what it's going to be offering that is a quality of life improvement or just an advantage over any of the other games are similar like this. Mm-hmm. And you saying like the focus on net code, yeah. net code makes and breaks an online game like this. I mean, we've seen a bunch of games recently that they've had net code problems and they might be big name games, but like, it doesn't matter if you don't have good net code. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the data centers having data centers is a big deal. Having data centers in a lot of parts of the world really helps because some players eventually if they're forced to play on servers that are like not located near them and stuff, then you got higher latency, you got higher ping and stuff like that. They have to use like other third-party tools to like you know to cut that latency down and like be in a competitive game like this. It matters. So catering to like to a wider audience like that, I, I think that's a big deal. I, I I don't know enough about the other its competitors, how well they do, uh, how good of a job they do with that. Mm-hmm. But if that's something Riot beats the competition out on, that's something that's gonna you know, maybe bring some people over like, hey, I, I can't play this other game because it just like I have bad latency and stuff. But this it works for me. So I, I think they it sounds like despite, you know, how basic this presentation is, maybe behind the scenes, they've been doing a lot of their research. And that's what matters more, I think. Oh, yeah. About like how what's it really going to take to lure people away for like and, and who are we actually going after? And I think they might have that all in order. They, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think if anything, like Riot has displayed a, a very keen understanding of their own demographics and their audience. And I think, yeah, this is laser focused at fans of Counter Strike and uh, Rainbow Six Siege or whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I think that this actually is like weirdly a really good trailer for for mm. what it is. I think so too. I mean, it's not flashy or interesting to you know people who aren't into this, but I think that's kind of a good thing. Uh, yeah. I can't remember if League of Legends had those awesome CG trailers at the gate, or if that was something that didn't come to that game for like a, until they started making you know boatloads of money. It was low key out of the gate. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like it had that stuff. Yeah. And so I think for League players, for it to be you know as popular as it is for the company to be making as much money as they are off of League, it kind of makes sense to be like filtering that money back into right. Kind of just in the same with merch and everything, just this pride that you know the fan base feels. But like, yes, this is a big deal. Mm. You know, look at these music videos. Look at these the way these new characters are introduced. And so it's fun for like a company that's used to blowing things out like that, just to be like, nope, we really want to make this game work. We really want it to be fun. We really want to show you just how it's played. I am surprised maybe that it's that quick. I think that's maybe like one of the only critiques is that it's just not that long of a of a gameplay trailer. Like if they do kind of want to show, it's two and a, yeah, two and a half. Uh, then then why if you don't really care? you're showing off rough edges like why not stream it you know why not you know show me like a half an hour of just like a, a couple of matches yeah um, i mean because it was kind of quick and they die in some dumb ways it's like get out, get out of the toxic cloud and then they just get shotgun yeah. it's like okay all right good job yeah. uh you're right it is, it's mm. it is an interesting little snippet but i do i feel like there's some realism to that sure to i'm just reaching being. i'm just trying to figure out maybe something but but again you know ian brings up a very good point that they they certainly and i think just across the board of how they announced all of these games i think they really thought case by case like okay how do we speak to card a card game audience and try to convince them okay yes this is another card game but here's why here's what we have in mind fighting and and so on. Yeah, yeah. I do. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think that this trailer probably had like a set of like four or five really specific goals. Like, here's reintroducing the visual style. Here's reintroducing the concept that you die in like one shot. Here's maybe an inkling of the game mode. And uh, Polygon has a write up. So apparently there is more information where it's like there are 25 rounds, you know. And you can't change heroes between rounds. rounds? Yeah. And because uh, every round is just. Whenever a person on your team dies, they're gone until the next round, you know, because mm. it's like one hit, one kill almost. Not not entirely, but you die fast. And like there are abilities, but the guns aren't per character specific, I guess, that you have a loadout that you can change between rounds, it says. Yeah, because I mean, the trailer the trailer begins with somebody requesting a gun from yeah. another player. So it's not like Overwatch where it's like, this is, you know, Tracer's gun. It's yeah. like, More here's an AK. Yeah. yeah. I am a sucker for stuff like that, just the quick, like, gun screen that it goes away, and you're like, wait, wait, wait. It was you one know, second. It, right? remind, it reminds me of the old classic Halo 2 demo, and then just, like, the second gun, like, click, pops up, and, like, that al- that alone is, is hype, you know? Like, pe- yeah. you know, pe- people that are fans of that, you know, either franchise or the genre, like, know what that means when it happens. Uh, so one thing I do want to differentiate is uh, I feel like when I was talking about earlier the type of trailer this should not have been, I was directly making fun of Overwatch. And mm-hmm. I do feel like Overwatch debuted with the perfect trailer for what Overwatch is. It was a character trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think and they that, also had a gameplay trailer right alongside of it yeah. and gameplay demos at BlizzCon. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they kind of hit all, all points. Right. And I feel like for Overwatch 2 the character trailer did not do it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like maybe we're past it. Maybe, you know, you're already debuted. We already like we already know these characters. It's not doesn't feel as like a reveal anymore. Or I think, to me, in a weird way, like even though this, you know, 2 is going to be going a little bit more on story, I I feel like in a way, it's like, does this matter, you know, with, with Overwatch? Does this really, like, does this story trailer really matter to the game whatsoever? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel the same way now. Now we do. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. When we're first getting this world introduced to us, it's so exciting. And yes, uh, we, we think uh, we start imagining what this game could possibly be like. Uh, and yeah, it's not at all implemented into what that game is. Well, it's funny because in this Polygon article with for uh, Valorant, it's like the story element will be reflected in game via dialogue and changes to the agent's look and environmental elements. But like because it's a game so perf- like meticulously balanced, like story stuff can't like change the entire way the game works or anything like that. And Overwatch is the same. It's like, oh, cool, a new cutscene. Like, Soldier will say something different now in an intro. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, okay, great. Yeah. I, I think it's just, it's fun for the people who are very invested. Like, oh, the map changed a little bit. That's so cool. That column was knocked over. Uh, but To yeah. be fair, which I think is actually pretty cool. Yeah. Like, most of the time. Uh, I actually agree. Uh, and I think it's the right for the, I think it's right for the genre. I, I think if you're like making people watch cutscenes in between matches, obviously oh, yeah. that's too weird. That would suck. <laughs> uh, but it is interesting to implement a story into a, a huge multiplayer game. In my opinion, I like it. I like what they do with League, even with their with those character trailers. I you know, it's. In, it, I wonder. Uh, that's the thing I wonder with this is like, I am. I guess I don't know. This is speculative. I wonder how much overlap there is in like the Counter Strike crowd and the league crowd and like does the the will the like a year or two from now will the crowd that's super into valorant i have to like look at the word to say it (laughs) Um, it's a weird title but uh will the crowd that's super into valorant want them to you know have like 20 minute pre-shows at the inner at the championship thing with like holograms and rappers and stuff or will they just be like just play the thing you know, I wonder. Yeah. Uh, similarly, I, with uh, uh, Apex Legends, I wonder how much the fans of that game really care about those characters. Right. Like, are they cackling at Mirage, like talking and making jokes or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. I I, can't, I don't have an write in actually. If you're an <laughs> Apex Legends super nice. fan, sure. write in. Tell us how much you actually are attached to these characters and their plot lines. I'm truly. All curious. I ever hear people say is how good the mechanics are. That's yeah. That's, right. That's what comes yeah. away from Apex. I wonder if there's like a, a wait and see approach at Riot with all of these new projects that they're like, let's just wait six months, let's wait a year and see which of these really take. Mm-hmm. And then we can decide, okay, let's spend more money on that. Let's allocate more development time or maybe take the story a little more seriously or just invest a little bit more in expanding the world. But if it does well enough and we break even and we're, we're making those people happy, then, you know, again, why, why spend money when we don't need to? It's such a weird company because like, Look at the way they did this, right? They, they've been a one-game show for a long, long time, and then all of a sudden they come out the gate with a, with a, uh, I guess, Nintendo Direct-style presentation where they announce, what, like five games? Yeah. And then now they've got these other little, like, studios doing Riot. Oh, what are they called? The, those, like, Riot side story right. games. So they're, they're going from, like, one game to, like, six or seven now, and it's so funny because, like, I think in some regards they're a wait and see and they, they're really good at balancing over time, but also like they plan things for years and years and years in advance to like a crazy degree, like as evidenced by the fact that they came out of the gate with like five games at one time, you know? It's just, it's an astonishingly interesting company. It's so weird. Yeah, I mean, they've been number one for a long time. And this is how you stay number one, I guess. You got to differentiate, right? Yeah. Diversify your your portfolio. I agree. 
and I think that a general announcement, like you were saying, when they when they tossed everything out, I think did a really effective job at kind of setting the expectations at different levels for all these individual projects. And I feel bad, you know, Blood, you and I get, you know, we all get just tons of emails, you know, for all sorts of games. And I feel really bad when I see an indie game sell itself as like, look out, this is going to be, and it's like, I, I just, I'm sorry, I'm just not going to check out your game because there's just so many games. And so it'd be so much more interesting if you just, told me your game about what it is instead of kind of like packaged it in a way where I have to kind of get past a lot of the the bluster before I can really get to the core. Oh, oh it's a puzzle game. Okay. You know, it's like by the title, I could, it looked like something way more than that. This studio is teaming up once again. Yeah, so I it's hear interesting you. to yeah. see something, just a juggernaut like Riot, be like, it's for fine if this was just a fun shooter that with the right community finds and enjoys and, and the, you know, we're good. Yeah. Uh, do you remember my other favorite way to start a podcast? Corporate shakeups. Corporate shakeups. We got some corporate shakeups. Wow, I love uh, that song. Double header. You know, <laughs> years and years, it just doesn't get. I don't get sick of that song. Yeah, we've been listening to that song for four years. Four now. years, yeah. Uh, okay, so Sony Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. Studio head there, God of War executive producer, Shannon Studstill. Studstill? Studstill. Yeah. Studstill? Nice. Are we getting, well, one of us has got it wrong, <laughs> Had probably. a s- sweet new gig this week. Ready for this? She's going to be the head of a brand new Stadia Games and Entertainment studio. There, there are and moments, entertainment? Yeah. There, there are moments on this show where I wish we had, like, Radio morning show like sound effects like buzzers and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> after you say that, yeah. And so they go, oh no! Falling down the stairs. Wait, where's that thing? That green thing? Never mind. Every time we just say the word stadia, where is that thing? I think I know exactly where it is. Okay, all right. Hang on. Okay. okay. I mean, keep going. Okay. okay. So here's uh, here's what Stadia is announcing: the new Playa Vista Studio. That's uh, close to L.A. And um, this announcement came from Jade Raymond. Um. Yeah. Who works in the other studio, I believe, or maybe well, she's, she's the head, head of, of everything. Yeah. Got it. And it was previously just one studio in Montreal, mm-hmm. so this is their second. Uh, this one will focus on delivering exclusive games using new gameplay mechanics, creative ways to play together, and unique interaction models that we're just starting to explore. While we're not ready to share specific game plans yet, rest assured we are listening to what gamers want and adding our own Stadia twists to create new IP and experiences. There's a Stadia twist, baby. <laughs> oh, boy. I hit the wrong button. <laughs> um... Okay, so this is not fair, right? This is this is a very successful person. Uh, I'm pretty sure she was there at the conception of that studio. She was. She was yeah. one of the founders of uh, Sony Santa Monica 20 years ago. Uh, I don't know why you would do this now. I don't know why you would have you would see a bright future in Stadia today. It would seem to me to be something that. All of that excitement is happening in boardrooms. <laughs> none, none of that is happening in the library. None of that is happening in their presentations. They are just talking, talk. They are just so ready to invest completely. Because mm-hmm. we have it like this is a shakeup, but we haven't seen. It's interesting that Stadia launched the way it did, and then they're still they're yeah. still going. <laughs> they're still they're still going to be developing games, and they're even making more acquisitions and spending more money. You know, they are so like this is the future. This is absolutely where we need to be. 
you know, like we, we, we maybe thought about making a console for a long time, but that's not what we want to do. We want to we want to invest in this service. And 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 when this blows up and everybody's doing it, there will be, you know, maybe not number one, but we'll be there in the race. So do you think you think they're in this for the long haul? Feels like it. I mean, neither of these studios is going to have a game for at least two years. We're not going to get a, tra- a trailer for this game for two years. Yeah. And even just a game is not going to do a lot. If it's not a game that people are necessarily interested in, you're right. or are going to jump over to Stadio or launches alongside something else that we're way more excited about. Okay. <laughs> At most, we're talking about two games, right? Like, just there's two studios making two games. You're right. Well, me, I mean, me it depends that on. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. Is is she going to be making something as high level as a God of War caliber game? They're talking about new game mechanics, new mm-hmm. gameplay. I mean, that sounds like that's like Nintendo talk, right? You're, you're, you're talking about entirely different genres, potentially. I, but I do think that's an important thing to at least have as a goal. Hey, if this is your platform, what makes your platform unique? What kind of games can only exist on your platform? This they should have been doing this years ago. Before they told us that Stadia even exists. Yes, yeah. exactly. This, this is what you launch Stadia with. And Jones, if they're in in this for the long haul, if they don't even care that it's you know disappeared already at this point, then yeah, whatever. You know, if they're willing to ride this out, I'm just not sure they are. Whether that's interesting too, because isn't that where does EA still have that studio that's right there in Playa Vista, or did they move out? I wonder if they're moving to EA's old building or something. There. It's a very beautiful building. Yeah, EA's still there. They're, they're, they've downsized a bit. Okay, that's what it is. Then. Yeah, I remember going there a long time mm. ago for like NBA Street V3 when it had like <laughs> Mario in it. How cool is NBA Street? <laughs> Miss those games. EA Sports big. Mm. Uh, Damiani. Miss it. Does Google Stadia have a chance? I mean, there's always a chance. Is there? But I don't think things look good right now. Would be the honest take about this, Damiani. That's a soft take. I, you know, we go too hard on Google. You know, the people don't get happy about that. But I mean, this the reality is, what was it recently? Google said wanted to address people's complaints, users' mm-hmm. complaints about why there are not enough games on there. Right. And they said it's not our fault. It's publishers. They're not putting games on our platform. And then you got all these insiders saying <laughs> it's an it's like appalling what they're offering for your art to our games to be on here it's like they're like it's almost like they're not taking this seriously yeah. like wh- mm. what are they doing over there so you get people saying these stories and then it's kind of I guess good news to hear them bringing in so someone with so many like that, uh, sorry someone who started like God of War the Sony stay in a Monica studio mm-hmm. like that's a big deal but as you said this is something that should have been done before all this was announced why are you announcing this now when it's not going to pay off for years it's just confusing I, I just don't know what's going on over there I don't know if anyone outside of them really knows what their plan is over there and right now as you said I can I won't give them a zero percent chance but things don't look that great for the future of stadia but I mean never say never yeah. <laughs> It's such a weird, Stadia is such a weird thing to me because it's like, obviously I think this is where games are going to go eventually, like decentralized cloud, blah, blah, blah. But And I, I re- they are probably trying to be first, and I think they're two or three years early. But yeah, if they're, the fact that they didn't call it a beta, I think, was a huge mistake. But then if 
what Damiani says is true, where it's, it seems like they're not even putting the full force of all their money behind it. It's such a strange mix of, like, half measures, you know? Yeah. It, it's such a right. weird Well, thing. I mean, to me, it's you, you they still have the, the quote-unquote free version of the platform coming, right? And so in a strange way, it almost doesn't matter whether Stadia is successful as long as it still exists. When they get these games finished, because then you would just buy the game and you would play it like you would, you know, essentially, you know, you're you're just buying a game that's not going to be in your Steam library. You know what? You know what I could see happening, honestly, is they spend the next year or so trying to make Stadia happen. Uh, It doesn't happen because why should it? Mm -hmm. But they have all this like they've laid all the groundwork and they have these systems in place. And then other people like xCloud or whatever could start like somehow buying their like server space you know like they could become like the Amazon like AWS services of cloud gaming you know and well, that's they the thing though is our competitors already have I mean maybe Nvidia I could see doing that you know who I'm thinking blood Microsoft's yeah. not gonna do it I'm thinking Nintendo could definitely use such a thing. Yeah. No, I, I think Nintendo and Stadia or, or any of them. Ninten- Nintendo could p- team up with any of those guys. Yeah. So It seems like they're half in with xCloud already maybe, right? Because wasn't there... We we had a lot of rumblings and rumors a year ago, but yeah. it doesn't feel like it's actually been based on much. It just, yeah. You know, Nintendo and Microsoft have been talking to some degree, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. What was the quote that said, like, doing things that nobody's ever done before or doing stuff in the space because the space is super exciting now? Or mm-hmm. uh, What are these games going to do? Unique that they're interaction saying? models that we're just starting to explore. Right. Mm-hmm. I think the play is to take a game like Exodus, a game like the you know most recent Assassin's Creed that just came out, or uh, a multiplayer game, the Mortal Kombat or something, and then add that interesting tech to that because then you make a sell for me potentially playing the game on your platform instead of something else. What I'm nervous that they're going to do is build a game from the ground up that has some weird gimmick about how other people can watch it and interact or how you can have 100 players at once or how you can have 10 players doing this and 20 players doing another thing, 30 players doing another thing. And it's like, oh, cool. That's really actually an interesting story. And that was an interesting video. I'm going to go back and play more Fortnite. You know, it's like I'm not going to jump over and play this game and spend hours in it just because you came up with a cool idea. If you add that cool idea to the game I'm already playing mm. or to a super popular game that I was maybe thinking about jumping over to this year. Now you got me. And so that I mean, that's what I'm nervous. They're going to invest so much. It's kind of like what Damiani was saying where they're like missing the point. Like they're not having the same, they're not playing ball. They really want to do things their own way. And it's like you do kind of have to court, you know, the other people that are already, that have their own visions, their own dreams, their own plans for the next decade. You know, you, you kind of yeah. got to make it stuff enticing for them instead of just being like, just wait until what we're going to do. It's like if that equals four games in the next five years or so. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that's strange to me is despite having Jade and now Shannon and uh, who's Phil Harrison is, right? The Twitch Stadia? Yes, he was presenting for it, remember? Oh, yeah. 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 So despite having those guys, it does not feel like they have any idea how to communicate with gamers or with the rest of the industry. And so it's so strange because they're just not doing the right things. It feels like Ouya, too. It feels like Ouya all over again. How dare you? You yeah. know, though? But they have the budget to, like, <gasps> keep it on life support for right. however long it, they it want. It feels like they're just doing Ouya again, but they have more money. What's so funny is people loved Ouya. 
We always kick-started because, ah, oh, dude, this yeah. is going to be huge. This is so cool. I wish I got all my games when I was a little Are you doing on live or? Uh, no, we was kickstarted. Right. And it was intensely popular. But I mean, I wonder if, if Ian means on live. I mean, Ouya. Okay. I mean, when I say blood. Yeah. You don't just drop Ouya into the conversation. But, no, but it kind of in the same time frame. Right. But it has, what I mean by comparing it to Ouya is like they were trying to do the thing where they had like exclusive titles and that's what's going to make you come over to our thing and like blah, blah, blah. And like they're trying similar tactics and it just didn't pan out, you know? Yeah. And the three games that were on it are just on everything else now, so yeah. That's I'm, what I hope. That's yeah. what I actually hope that these games that are being created at Stadia Studios uh, find life on other platforms. I mean, would stu- would Stadia have to die for that to happen, or yeah, <laughs> yeah? It, it is exciting. I, for I don't a, know yeah. that necessarily. Again, because they are just doing sort of whatever they want. I don't think it necessarily is the case. I I think. You know, we could see something where it's on Stadia for three or four months and like, okay, put it on other platforms. Here's a game by Google. Like, it's, you know, it's, we're, we're in a weird place anyways, particularly like with the way that, you know, Xbox is just, you know, putting basically every one of their games out for a $5 subscription fee. And Well, and so. I think that's when Stadia will, when they just do the, when they actually are the Netflix for video games, yeah. you know, like then, then maybe they'll have a shot at it. I don't know. Okay. But that's the difference, man. I'm excited about those Xbox games because I'm excited about those games. Like, you can offer them right. at whatever price point. You can make them, you know, work in a fun way via xCloud. I'm still excited to see what, how, you know, what Hellblade 2 is going to be like. I'm still excited to see, you know, what, uh, you know, Halo Infinite's going to be all about uh, because of the games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so you add that functionality later, you you know, two, two projects I'm already excited about. Don't make me excited for a project just because it has some weird gimmick or because it's, you know, is built on some infrastructure that... It's not really proven yet yeah. or is not super successful. Uh, I do want to add, uh, before we end the story, just some more information that Yumi Yang, uh, who worked mm-hmm. uh, 19 years at PlayStation, is taking over for the studio head at Sony Santa Monica. Yeah. Uh, interesting her. thing is that she's got a background in project management. Yeah. If Did you never get to uh, see the Raising Kratos doc? No. That, yeah. You, <sighs> get, you get pretty intimately familiar yeah. with, with both of them. That's cool. right. We're in that. Yeah. I also I also wonder too oh, right. when when you're in this position when you've been around as long as these people have and you have this meeting and you're like this kind of sounds interesting and I don't know and then you like look at the bottom line it's like how much money are you throwing at this okay I gotta get in here I got I sure. gotta at least get in that building and hang out there for a year yeah. and then I'll bail and go do something else but like this is so entertaining you're right, 20 and years. so crazy yeah. and like look at all the people I'm gonna meet and mm-hmm. look at all the weird you know like the, you're just letting me just kind of go in a, into this preschool and just play with blocks and draw on the wall and then like okay that was fun later mm-hmm. you know it's like it's not I think if this tanks it's not gonna be that detrimental to these people it's gonna be detrimental to the higher-ups of Google that are you know si- writing the checks and sure. signing off on all these decisions where they bring in these creative people it's like yeah sure you know especially when they're done with the project when you have like you know Rod Ferguson who just left because he's like cool Gears 5's done I'm out you know like uh, I think that's the the good time to, to court these people and probably I don't be, see a big loss for them probably be beneficial for the, for the for the staff you know yeah in some ways uh, Shannon stood still blood it is two T's oh interesting uh I don't normally pick up on these headlines. When this when this kind of stuff happens, normally I'm like, oh, okay, that's never happening. Talking about video game adaptations in television and film. Oh, yeah. 
You know, you hear the stories. I'd say two out of ten actually come to fruition mm. when you hear that. Oh, they're they're making a show out of this. They're making mm. a movie out of this, and just almost never happens. This one's a weird one. This is an unusual one. Yeah, I don't know what you're about to say. HBO is making a The Last of Us series. How is, is that, that unusual? Is that what everybody's talking about? Did you not, yeah. did you miss it? What? I missed that. Yeah, yeah I, I saw people like doing casting stuff. Yeah, and I'll tell you how it's the unusual. Casting memes I saw on Twitter, but because to me it seems like a perfect fit. I'll, I'll tell you this why it's unusual. Rule, probably. Uh, so uh, yeah. Craig Mazin, who's the creator and writer of Chernobyl, uh, which came out last year. Ooh, yeah, yeah. really good show. <laughs> oh, so that's already unusual. It's like, hey, this guy, yeah, is very talented, and they're moving forward, right? It's not like, oh, I hear whisperings. It's like officially announced by HBO today. Um, the unusual thing is that Neil Druckmann, who's the writer and creative director of The Last of Us, will also be writing for this show and an executive producer on this show. Normally, games writers slash directors do not get that kind of influence on any adaptations. Yeah. He's right in there. These two are working together to make this show. That's, that's highly unusual. I think given The Last of Us, that I don't think I could see it happening any other way. Probably. Yeah. Well, from the sound of it, you know, the Chernobyl guys, you're really familiar with the game anyways. Yes. Yeah. He was a fan coming yeah. into this. And so, so I'm sure he was like, let's just have Neil do it. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to say, though, that I think that this sounds this sounds stupid. Uh, I think that Neil Druckmann is uniquely qualified. I do think he's on another level that most people aren't on in terms of being a good writer and also a video game director. He's insane. Huge silence there from the panel. I don't I don't oh, have there's, any, there's anything to, to, to say. Yes. Back against. I don't think anybody, I don't I think very well, few You just throw out some adjectives, bro. Like give me what's you know, I, I I will I will fill in what you were okay. obviously about to say. Sure, sure. Uh, there is definitely an episodic nature to The Last of Us. There is de- there's mm, lots yeah. of really clean breaks. Uh, there's lots of great end of episode cliffhangers. There's mm-hmm. a lot of there's a lot of the, the drama really is is effective in that game um, because of of uh, you know how the arcs of all of the different stories uh, when you move to different locations when you switch characters. Um, so I think that uh, you know fits television. Yeah, also, that's what you were getting to. I think. Go ahead, Ian. Well, also I could easily see Druckmann or whoever being like, I get EP, I get writer credit. You know, they're obviously probably going to have a writer room, writer's room too in, for this. But, like, he already wrote the thing. And like Brandon says, it's already pretty much one to you – could, you could split it into a show pretty easily, you know, from what it already was. So I do think it is interesting, actually, is that it will be about Joel and Ellie. Damn it. That was going to be my next question. Yep. I, yeah. I'm going to be completely alone. I'm going to be the only person in the room, but just like, I think that's extremely stupid. No, I get it. <laughs> Especially I, with Last of Us 2 coming out. It's yes. like, what? You know, like, just this world is do something two. part two. Right. Yeah. yeah. But you just yeah that'll, be season, that'll be season three. Yeah. These or cra- four. Crazy, you know, realistic looking characters and realistic looking tech. And then now it's like, oh, yeah, but now we're going to be, there's going to be that other actor that's also going to be them. And like, what? Like, uh, yeah, Jones, you say it's like episodic. It's, it's like, easy gee, to I wonder out. what's going to happen in the next episode. It's just like, I. I actually don't know what to do. I don't know what I would do in their position. I think more with the Fireflies. Uh, the Firefly logo is what HBO used to announce mm-hmm. this thing. Okay. And so maybe that's where they build some extra drama and any extra intrigue. You need something at the end of the pilot for yeah. even fans of The Last of Us to be like, oh, what's this about? You know? Yeah, there's not going to be like long stealth sections where like Ellie's just going to be standing in the shadows and like the light's going to go by and then she <laughs> walks. You know, it's going to be a lot more talking, a lot more, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do like, though, that that was recognized, right? That the world of Last of Us isn't that unique 
Right. And so when you pick up The Last of Us as an IP to uh, make an adaptation of, you kind of you kind of need those characters. Mm-hmm. They are what makes that game work. But look at the first Walking Dead game, and that was very smart. That just wasn't the comic. It wasn't the show. It was it told its own story, and then every now and then, oh, like a character popped in, or you got some sense of like, oh yeah, that is what's going on in Washington D.C. That is what's going on, mm-hmm. you know, in those other storylines. At the same time, you expand that world. Conversely, and it's, though, it's a bummer. It's a weird thing to buy the IP and then be like, it is no more important than this. This is literally the end of The Last of Us. It is It is these two characters. Everything else is just pointless. You know, it's just like you can only focus on these things. It's like Aliens with Ripley. It's just like, ah, oh, can we get Scorny Weaver back? And it's like, we stop it. Are you kidding me? It's a universe. <laughs> You're done. That's it. They're like, trying to sell tickets, oh. Jones. They're trying to sell tickets. Yeah. And again, it's not. This is not me trying to sell the thing. This is not me talking to like you know stockholders. This is just the the, you know, a, a creative nerd wanting to you know uh, expand it as much as possible. Sure. But it, think about the track record of Hollywood on sure at large with video game adaptations because like. Think Resident Evil, think Silent Hill, think all of these things where like the number one criticism is from like literally everyone is like, why didn't they just do the story? Like why didn't they just do Resident Evil? It's already cool. Like yeah. just do it. Mm-hmm. And like, I I think it'd be naive to think they're just gonna one to one the story. Like that that isn't what HBO does. But like, I think that it's smart to do the good story that's already the good story. You know and like. I, I don't know. Yeah. I also think, too, you, you people love... I'm sorry, I'm so talkative about this, but no, I think, I think I people love, love these characters so much that, mm-hmm. like, that casting, that direction, that is a that is a steep hill to, to sell that, especially for Ellie. I don't, especially I don't for know, Ellie. My God. Like, that is, that is hard. That's like eight months worth of think pieces of, you know, like, casting. When, when she goes. runs off and he goes after her on the horse, you know, and, like, he comes in the room and she's there, like, to just be like, oh, this scene again. Mm-hmm. Nailed it, right? And it's like, no, you did. There's no no way that could match emotionally how I felt in that moment building up, actually going through the inventory, getting those items, getting those weapons, traveling myself to that point to just kick back with popcorn and watch it. It's just like, it's not... It's weird. I the reason why Castlevania works is it's so separate. The anime so separate from that world. You know, like it reminds me of it, but it's not. I'm not like comparing those things. So like Alucard and Symphony of the Night, and Alucard in the in that show are two different characters. I think we have a more direct one, Jones, and I think maybe it's part of why this deal got together as quickly as it did. Uh, the Witcher on Netflix, mm-hmm. uh, I think, was sold more as, "Hey, we're edit- we're adapting this video game than we're adapting this book." Uh, clearly the video game inspired the look yeah. and a lot of what that show is. Which uh, I have not seen, admittedly. Same. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I do feel like that, that may have some influence on this. I mean, this might get a ball rolling. Uh, Ian, you're right. Most of this stuff turns out bad, but I think The Witcher was a success. I mean, it is a su- success. Season two is happening. Um, and maybe that's just like, hey, this is a new thing to mine, a new, a new opportunity. And actually, like... I kind of think the opposite to what you were saying, maybe Jones is like, I think I could get more in emotionally invested in this story as a show, and maybe more people, on the whole, like at large, could, too. But then, will maybe? that make the game worse? It's like, what are they shooting for? To like <laughs> have them both be equally good? You know, it's like, well, if the shows, well, now I like the show better. It's just, it's, I think it's strange to just draw those comparisons. I think they'll be different enough. Things. Yeah, I hope well, so. I hope, yeah, I hope they're very, very different. Well, too, I mean, going you know, back to looking at Chernobyl as, you know, kind of, you know, something to grasp onto, right, in in terms of where this could be going is there is a a lot that 
the game doesn't really get that deep into in terms of how did all how did all this happen, right? And that's what Chernobyl's really good about. It's like, let's see how all of these different pieces from all of these different areas kind of came together and made this crisis what it was and kept it from being what it could have been. Um, and so I think that, you know, you could similarly see a lot of, you know, the untold background because you go to, yeah. you know, like those kind of quarantine zones and yeah. stuff and everything's just kind of all ruined and you don't see what happened there, really. Uh, you just get little scribbles and notes and stuff from people, which is what works really well in a video game. But in an adaptation, you probably want to see a little bit more of that. I I do get the look, though, Jones. I do. I, the optics is... Neil Druckmann saying, hey, look, video games is just a unique opportunity. Really, this is all I want to be writing for. Like, I, I see this as a medium uh, that is truly evolving and growing. And just like, and then you get a TV show. It's like, bye, baby. Yeah, I'm yeah, Hollywood yeah. now. <laughs> it's like, yeah, does he want yeah. this to be better? Does, would he actually want the series to be more successful than his game? Like, it is that, an that, interesting question. That's the other thing is it feels like a backtrack. You know, it's like when I played Last of Us, I was like, yeah, this is so much better than a movie based on this, than a TV show based on this. These tiny little interactions. Mm-hmm. Are so much better having happen when Ellie says something behind me, and I'm just like, wait, whoa, what did you say? And like, I'm actually controlling, you know, wh- how close they are, you know, how you know fast he's moving when she says something, when I choose to pause and look at her, you know, and having like all of that take over for me is just like, well, that's we've been doing that for a long time. Yeah, you but, know, what uh, could be interesting is if like Joel and Ellie are like the the linking device, like the through line, but mm-hmm. it's more like. You're here with the fireflies, and then it's the part where Joel and Ellie like come through like part of the episode, you know. And then you're like, you're hanging out with that guy. I forgot his name, but you know. And then they show up at his little cabin or whatever, you know. Like yeah. that could be interesting. Like each episode is a vignette or something, and then they roll through town like a force of nature or something. Joel as the bad guy would be sick. Yeah, you're a doctor just trying to solve this problem. You have yeah. the solution right there in your hands. Yeah, and then this murderous guy <laughs> just comes into your hospital. Well, little nods to the to the player when there are gaps in the show, and you're yeah. like, oh, I know what happened in that gap. Yeah, you know, that's that's not confusing for me. And for all of the nitpicky complaining that I'm doing, I would love to eat my words. I would love that. Yeah. I would love to get one episode in and be like. That was wrong. Never mm-hmm. mind. This is fantastic. You know, uh, be interesting to see it kind of chase the game because Last of Us Part Three is you know a very long ways off. Yeah. Are we going to be at season four of this show by the time that game comes out, or even by the time that game gets announced? I mean, Chernobyl is a, a one season show. We don't necessarily have to right. see this go on and on and on. Yeah. And uh, H- Watchmen, right? Is also Watchmen, one, yeah, because HBO HBO wanted to do more yeah. because it was such a success, and then. Lindelof was like, I'm done, I'm, I'm out. And they were like, okay, we won't do it then. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I was like, I respected, like, current HBO is on fire. Like, they learned from Game of Thrones being the worst thing that's ever happened. <laughs> and, like, they're like, okay, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> you know. Now the story's resonating with Damiani. Now he's, now he's on. <laughs> uh, Damiani, I think that this doesn't work for other Sony stuff. You know, PlayStation productions still exist. They want to put their IP out there into movies and television. Do you think, realistically, any other Sony video game works as an HBO series? As an HBO series? Yes. I mean, again, I I think there's potential. With what? It just depends on the talent. I mean, you could say no to anything, just like on a gut check reaction, but like, let's start start with God of War. Mm -hmm. Like, that... 
there's probably some path to making that like a one season show or even like a multi season show somehow on HBO with those production values and it actually be captivating. I mean, just I mean maybe don't even like. I would say maybe the smart idea would be to adapt it starting from like maybe 2018 God of War. Oh, right, and go, of course. And, yeah, and going from there or something like that. And maybe have flashbacks to the older games because I don't think the older games would translate as well. But everything I saw of God of War 2018, I think that could fit into like an HBO series somehow. It's uh, like five characters. But here's the thing. I, 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 from what I was hearing from Jones, I'm worried – don't get so fixated on it has to be a one-to-one ad- adaptation of the game. Just take elements that make it what recognizable as that series. You gotta have the character. You have to have certain tenants in there. Mm-hmm. That's what uh, Ian was talking about. There are so many movies that fail that are video game ad- adaptations because they disregard so many tenants. No one's asking you to make a one-to-one recreation. It would be boring. We've already done that. And yeah. as you were right, Jones, the games have the interactive elements. That's what makes them them. But there is a way to tell a story, even with like uh, with, Joe, uh, with Ellie and Joel about. The Last of Us, a new tale, but with them, same setting and everything, but like different things happen. It's not the exact same way as the game. It's its own separate thing. Same thing with God of War. You may make some new characters or whatever it is you do. You're writing it for TV. You just like, and I think that's why it's brilliant that they brought in someone who is involved in the game's creative process like the head yeah. show and be like, hey, I will be the one, your litmus test. Like, if this isn't something like, I don't like this, you, maybe we should go this direction. But hey, this is like good, but it's different, but like it's good. Like, I like that. The, the, they shouldn't be the one bringing in a team of writers that have like expertises in like their different areas is good. Yeah. Just like putting like a game creator, director in charge of the movie, bad idea. We've seen that not pay off. Giving it to some like Hollywood writer, we've seen those also not p- pay off very well. But it seems more recently when these writers and creators not only understand what the audience wants what what the heritage of that game series is and making sure it like lives up to that while also treating it like it's not just a video game that could be something more and i'm pointing to castlevania oh i thought like, you were about to talk about sonic i was gonna oh, sonic no. i mean but, but, but so, even sonic was yeah. like hey Give the fans what they want. That's all they're asking for. Just give us this goofy looking Sonic that looks like Sonic. Yeah. We don't care about anything else. It's uh-huh. like, there you go. But like, no, like Castlevania. Sure, there were yeah. so many people worried about that at first. And mm-hmm. then, hey, this is really good because they understand what it takes to make this. And it's not a game. It's a TV show. Just do that with God of War. Just do this with The Last of Us. I think it has a pretty good chance. I mean, The Witcher. As you said, like I don't even play the game series. I've never read the books. Mm-hmm. I watched the Netflix show. I liked it. This is pretty good. I'm going to watch season two. They succeeded on that. There is definitely a way to succeed on that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Uncharted movie. Yeah. Is this happening? And Tony Banderas just got cast, right? Yeah. Is this a movie that we'll, we will ever see? I think so. Okay. I think they'll... So many movies have been canceled for less. You know, and they just <laughs> keep going you yeah know, just keep plugging away at it i feel like i've been hearing about the metal gear solid movie for eight years oh, at least really? in oh its, whoa, yeah in its current form yeah, it's, it's gotta be a mess yeah that sounds like it's in just production hell forever yeah never happening okay. i think that now kojima productions will just start making their own movies <laughs> their own cg movies or something Ian, I think I think they will. Oh, absolutely! But I think almost they every say they franchise, want to, yeah. yeah, yeah. Almost every franchise we've thrown out has like at least three, four games. 
Last of Us was one game. You know, like you're making a television They've show on got a... one game. Mm-hmm. That's not crazy long. You know, it's not like Witcher long. You know, which yeah. are, even has three games. They've you know, also got not to mention gigantic all books, gaps, but... as you said. There's yeah. all sorts of space. There's space. Between I hope they. I hope they expand the I original game and Left Behind. Yeah. There's space in between right. chapters of the original game. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot of space between one and two. Yep. So yeah. Fill it. You know what I'm daydreaming about now is a uh, God of War 2018 movie by Inaritu. Inaritu is that how you say it? The the Revenant guy. Hmm. Oh. Yeah. Oh, because Revenant. it's all one shot. It would be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> you all hear that? What? Oh. It sounds like it's podcast. Halftime! But it's not. Uh, okay. <laughs> Jonesy, I totally forgot, buddy. Sorry about that. Uh, no ad this week. I'm so excited. Uh, Jones, we got a new segment this week that I think you're going to be really excited about. Who? Okay, here okay, it is. <laughs> hey, uh, what's going on with that one Star Wars game? So, Jones. Oh, yeah! This, this week. Ooh. This week, uh, very very strategic way to announce a Star Wars game. Yeah, uh, to accidentally upload some information onto the European PlayStation Network uh, that would be scraped by a Twitter profile that does this sort. Just it looks at everything uploaded. Uh, Star Wars Project Maverick showed yeah. up. Uh, not too much with it. Uh, we have an image. Of the logo, Star Wars Project Maverick is part of the logo. Yep. Uh, what do you call it, Jones? The leaningness of the Star Wars logos. That's yeah. gold. And the Empire a... Strikes Back slant. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the image is a lava planet with a Star Destroyer and three little X-Wings. X-Wings going at it. Yeah. <laughs> Taking on that Star Destroyer. to Maverick. Yeah. yeah. For some, what are the same... Some amount of the same pieces. Mm-hmm. Looks like four X wings, Kyle. Four X wings. Oh, Thank nice. You, Thank you. That's a good fact check. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, this is in fact the game that we were talking about last week. Uh, Kotaku confirmed that. Uh, oh, so never mind. It's been canceled. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, this <laughs> no, one's still no, being no. done. This is the oh, little right. one. This okay, is the, the little weird one. one. Yeah. So Kotaku confirmed that uh, this is EA Motive's smaller, more unusual project. Uh, that was previously reported on. So yeah, EA Motive is working on this one. This is the small, unusual one. Project. Oh, so this is not Maverick. the ragtag pieces. Right. Okay. That game is canceled. Got it. Which was a heist game? A Star Wars heist game called Ragtag? That was Amy Hennig's was called Ragtag. Oh, okay, right. okay, okay. okay. And they that, gave the pieces yeah. to Motive. Motive was supposed to turn into another game, and uh, I guess the other game is now canceled too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the one that Criterion was helping with. It was going to be an offshoot of Battlefront, uh, it, uh, and so it was going to be in like that engine. But yeah, that that I'm game. I'm sure we got canceled. some part of this wrong. Criterion's back with Need for Speed, and so Motive is now working on this one new game that will hopefully not take too long. That's the idea with this one. Uh, it won't be this fall, uh, but yeah, this is. Project Maverick. Worth bringing up Battlefront, though, because there is a lot of space pew-pew in Battlefront. And so interesting that they would feel that we would need more of that. You know, it's like the previous Star Wars games that have been canceled, I felt, were kind of filling in 
that kind of third person action void that we're missing. This is what I'm hoping for, John. Whereas you're you're now, already imagining like, the game. You already have an idea of what this game is like. Um, well, yeah. I mean, it's as a Star Wars fan, it's it's it. Uh, there's just a lot of Star Wars games that I love, like mm. old school stuff. It's like if you were to tell me that a Star Wars RPG was being developed, cool. I'm immediately thinking of KOTOR. You show me a Star Destroyer and some Tie Fighters, you know, or uh, some X-wings flying at it. I think of X-wing. I think of Tie Fighter, and those are games I never thought we were going to get anything like. Those are you know, big budget games for the time. But I think that what was so interesting was that like Battlefront, it was a lot about like, okay, respawn, fly in there. Okay, I got blown up. Okay, respawn, fly in there. TIE, tie Fighters, like, it's just you, mm -hmm. maybe a couple other people. You have a mission. You have to go in and specifically do this thing. It might just be scanning somebody. So like this one level might not be the most exciting thing in the world, but you definitely feel more like an actual pilot in a cockpit going to do something as opposed to just this like expendable... You know, like, oh, I blew up. Who cares? It's like, no, that's a, you just lost 30 minutes of progress, man. Mm -hmm. Like, you got to be very careful. Mm -hmm. uh, John, so here's my problem with that theory, is that I don't believe if Jason Schreier knew that this is going to be an X-Wing style game, he would call it unusual. Yeah, that's, that's the word I'm hung up on, man. Well, I mean, it would be unusual to make that type. It's a very PC kind of game. I, I don't think, you know, TIE Fighter would have done it very well. Or, or would have been as attractive to, I mean, it was a Star Wars title, but like mm -hmm. uh, to, to console people, it definitely was more of like, kind of like had that sim vibe um, when it first came out. It was not something that was very attractive to me at the time. It wasn't until we did the Star Wars Retro that I was like, oh, I'll, I'll, we're all passing over games. I've never played TIE Fighter. Let me play it. And I was like, I'm glued to this. This is amazing. You know, I'm literally just like, like going through space. And I'm like, I'm, this is, you get I'm on the edge of my seat now, man. An image of a lava planet? No, I get that because they already have Battlefront. So uh -huh. what is this going to be? Yeah. Is it, it like, if it's unusual, if it's smaller, it's like, well, again, a, a bite-sized space exploration shooter, that's Battlefront. Like, so what the, is this like is got probably going to have more of a story focus. A I'm guessing, game? or have more of, you know, like, uh, maybe like a Rogue Squadron thing where like, those aren't just going to be like, you know, because you aren't really, I mean, you are playing as, you know, famous people in Battlefront, but you're not playing as specific characters that are going on a specific story mission. So, like, maybe that's the thing. You follow, yeah. you know, you know, a a a band of pilots as no, they go through you're, a story. you're following a band. You're playing as you're the manager pl yeah. for the Cantina band. You are size Noodles. And you've got and to, you know, band. get them booked into right? different places now throughout you're the galaxy. Talking about, this is what I'm yeah. talking about. Like, yes. That is unusual. I mean, yeah. yeah, when I think of unusual, I think of Han Solo dancing. Oh. Yeah. The Emperor <laughs> dancing, man. Yeah. Star Wars Connect. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's very strange, though, that this Project Maverick had had logo treatment that somehow got uploaded yeah. to the PlayStation yeah. Network. Yeah. That's I a would, weird place for it to start. The, the project name got that yes. much love. <laughs> and I, it could be an absolute accident, right? It could have just filled into somebody's folder and then just, they forwarded that folder to that folder to that folder. I wonder if there's an impending announcement. Um, like I wonder too if the unusual isn't necessarily the gameplay, isn't necessarily the structure of the game. It's just the size. I mm -hmm. wonder if this game's like twenty bucks. Yeah, it's like they got mm -hmm. to the point where they kept canceling so many Star Wars things that they're like, okay, that idea that they had is fine. Stop, stop development right now. Let's get it done. You mm -hmm. know, then let's just release it for a smaller price, and then if it if it blows up, we'll make another one of the same size. I love that idea. I don't wonder if that's the unusual part of it. Yeah. Um, that it's just going to be this kind of like easily digestible, free on PS Plus in eight months kind of a thing. Sure. Um, but I'm yeah, way down, you know, obviously Maverick makes me think of Top Gun. So it's just kind of like Maverick makes me think of a character, 
Project Maverick makes me think there right. is a, a hero in this that is in an X-Wing mm-hmm. that you are following that person's story. Particularly because there is a logo. That's the strange thing. Because otherwise, like, Project Maverick, you know, it could mean whatever, you know. It, yeah. It could be Project Tulip. For Project all Viking know. was the yeah. one that was canceled. It was called pro- Project sure. Viking. Yeah. What if it's about, like, a Subak tournament? Yeah. Uh, what is Subak? It's like the Star Wars version of poker. Oh, right. Uh, so what they I'm play in Solo, it's how Han they Solo play it the in, Yeah, he wins oh. the Falcon. Yep. So it's like Maverick with Mel Gibson, or like that old show. Oh, yeah. hey, there we go. they're playing Subak on a, on a Star Destroyer that's getting attacked by X-Wings. And you only so have so much time to finish. Clock. And that's yeah, the ticking yeah, yeah. clock, like the, st- the Star Destroyer is crashing and you're trying to win before you get out. <laughs> what if it's funny and I like I'm it. I'm in. I'd play it. For... Four X-Wings, mm-hmm. Star Destroyer over a lava planet. Yeah. The Star Destroyer is forcing you to be on that lava planet. Like, you've all been captured. Mm-hmm. They threw you into X-Wings. It's a four. It's like a four-player squad death match. And, like, they throw all these, like, deadly obstacles at you. And it's just, like, a real quick matches. Like, who wins? 4v1? Yeah. No. Four, no the, like, yeah. I control the Destro. Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh. All four of you are just against each other. It's oh. like Running Man. Like, whoever, like, survives mm-hmm. wins. And you go to the next planet or whatever. <laughs> It's unusual. It's like All these ideas are very, very good. Uh, I just, I do wonder. I mean, is is there an, is the PlayStation event soon? Is that a state of play thing? Where did this announcement come from? Just tell me. It's frustrating. It's frustrating for sure. It is now time for love and respect. Love and respect. Uh, there's a question that's been pretty prevalent this week. Pretty prevalent a couple of weeks, but yeah, as as the Final Fantasy demo has been released, we see headlines about Mm -hmm. this. Huber told me yesterday he's just sick of this controversy, but (laughs) I feel like this question asks about this issue in a very interesting way uh, that I hadn't heard about this take on it. With... Themes of identity and pro-environment, Final Fantasy VII has always been pretty relevant and relatable. But with Final Fantasy VII Remake being broken up into multiple games, could this hurt the game from getting these overall themes across? While I have no doubt these games will be nothing but amazing, could the weight for each part of the game diminish the message of the overall game or have less of an impact? Love and respect, Stephen S. Hmm. I mean, I feel like it comes across pretty clearly just in the demo, uh, and that's less than an hour. So, I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to be that hurt by it. You know what I'd like them to see them do is, like, acknowledge that it, this version of the game is in parts. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's like, been a lot of talk about that too. Yeah, they, I thought that's oh, okay. what this question might Huber, be. Huber like attacked right. me because I yeah, even brought it up. It yeah, be. I was like, dude, I'm not saying it's bad. I was just curious. Yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, like, I just wonder what the second one's gonna be called. In game, have the like the fact that there's like a break in between, like matter, you know, in the story. Like, change the story slightly to be like two weeks later or like two years later. Or I mean, that wouldn't work. But like, mm. do you know what I mean? Two years later could work. It could, yeah. yeah. That's a long adventure these characters go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just like acknowledge it and then like use that temporal landscape to get those themes and messages across in a new way. Because like it's about the destruction of the planet. Like if part two takes place two years later, like or the amount of time it takes that game to come out later, 
how would that change things? Like, would things be worse? Would things be crazy? Like, I mean, obviously there'd be a lot of weird story things you'd have to change, but I don't know. Could be cool. I would hope that the writers are very aware that, right, they're not just transcribing the story from yeah. that portion of the game, but they're, they're, not. they're thinking of this story as its own arc. Mm-hmm. You're right, that, that it does have a message at the end, hopefully. It's what you have to presume. Yeah. But I could see it. It absolutely diminishes it. The idea that uh, this whole story exists over these many things, and there's uh, such a gap in between, and... I mean, it happens with movies, right? And there's just too much of a gap in between movies sometimes where it's like, what? I don't care anymore. And that could be happening with Final Fantasy VII Remake. It's a possibility. They, Yeah, they're not ending where they're ending because the story should end there. Right. They're ending because they were like, we, we got to draw the line somewhere, and that's as much game as we're willing to make to make back the money on this investment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, is, it, it, am I going to feel that I'm getting close to it. Am I going to know, you know, 60 minutes away from the end of this first episode or chapter or whatever? Mm-hmm. Now, oh, here we go. Okay, we're, we're ramping up and then, oh, I can tell it's ending in the credits. Oh, man, I can't wait for the next one. Or is it just like, oh, oh, oh I'm done, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. Right. You know, that's the way the demo feels, but that's, you know, no fault of the demo. But it's just kind of like, oh, where's it? Oh, okay. What I hope is that the way number one ends is not the way I assume it ends, you know? Just like, you're walking out of Midgar and the camera like tilt like cranes down and and leaves you like stays back here as you walk off into the the bright sky of outside of the doors of the gates of the city or whatever you know like that's the obvious way like I hope they really or shake it up if they ended it like they ended the demo that would be actually pretty bad you know? it's like I hear some montage of things that are gonna happen oh yeah. no yeah. <laughs> I know I said that if you hundred uh, percent beat 100% complete the hardest difficulty of Final Fantasy 7 you'll get the trailer for the next game right like the Kingdom Hearts well, yeah. secret trailers sure sure yeah. did I misremember that or do Mickey you only shows up like whoop yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you only get the Sephiroth scene on if you do it a certain it's way it's the Sephiroth scene if you pick 20 minutes for the timer yeah Ooh. which is such a random thing in that demo it's nice I have a choice like that that's pretty exciting I yeah. like that I mean so there might be again. a lot of weird things to make you replay is what they might do with this game oh, of course yeah 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 that kind of means oh, that there's to definitely me. gonna be things to get you to replay. Uh, I don't. I'm not too worried about any either of those messages being lost. Um, assuming, I mean, it's a hard. It's hard to really answer this question, and because we don't know exactly a where they plan to end this one, we have assumptions. Everything's assumptions here, mm-hmm. and how many parts they're gonna make after this to encapsulate the rest of the game, or what they're gonna do to capture the rest of the game. Yeah, but we don't even know if it's going to be like a full disc or if they're just going to DLC it, right? Yeah, we, do, we don't know. But beyond ignoring that fact, I still think, I feel pretty confident in saying I don't think the the pro-environment message is going to get lost in subsequent parts. It's a pretty big part of the game all the way through the end. Um, the identity thing as well, I think, is not going to get lost either. In fact, they're actually seeding it way sooner yeah. with everything we've seen about this from the, the the marketing materials for this game. And even from the demo, you're, you're seeing the startings of that with just the character with Cloud. Never mm-hmm. mind the other characters are gonna, you're going to be introduced to who are going to also have you know to deal with certain things like that as well. Um, yeah, I, 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 th- I think it's a safe bet that that stuff won't get like lost but i think the bigger question is like how you know how they're going to do the rest of the game and when it's going to end and 
yeah, like the like continuity going through the different games. I know that's not the topic about it, but like it's the naming convention of this game and not calling it something. We'll that do it a round. Is. I actually yeah. want to do a round of this. I want to know what the panel thinks the next game will be called. Ian, you go first. Oh man, uh, I. I heard you say your version the other day, and I think that's close. I think they'll probably just say uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two. Part Two. Okay. Yeah. Jones? I'm totally going to steal it from you because I think you nailed it because there is a precedent for it that it's just two, you know, that it's Final Fantasy VII Remake Two. Yeah. Because there's 13 2, there's. Oh, uh, sure. Uh, 10 yeah, 2. 10 2. Damian. Dash 2. So I won't. The number two, not the I do. I, I think the Part Two is, or Two thing is definitely viable. Uh huh. Um, I can I give you two answers, please. Sorry, if it's okay. That's way, way okay. I think once next part comes out, they will either rename the existing one to have a subtitle, like Final Fantasy VII Midgar or Final Fantasy VII something that indicates Ooh. its content. Kind and of like how nobody called Star Wars Star Wars Episode would, yeah. One when they would just watched it. Correct. Because right. right. they don't. I don't, hope, yeah. I don't yeah. think they fully know what they're going to encapsulate in the next, in the okay. next game, so yeah. they don't want to jump to that conclusion. That's just a fun yet. idea. Mm. Or if they do go the route where they give it numbers or something, when everything is done, they will probably make an all-in-one version of the game that will just be called Final Fantasy VII Remake Complete. Yeah, I was going to say complete. Also, yeah. nice. They'll call it like complete or something like that, and all the other parts will just like. They'll try and move away from. There weren't parts. It was all just one whole game. Bloodworth, what's it called? Um, yeah, I think you guys already picked the, the most likely thing. So I'll just do, you know, Final Fantasy VII remake. Yuffie's refrain. Yuffie's refrain. <laughs> Excellent. Wow. The thing I they really it. got going for them is this, this is unprecedented. Nobody's ever done anything like this before, and and especially after like you know just like RE2 and just like some really really spectacular remakes that we've gotten recently. Uh, this gen. You play that demo and you go, okay, this it makes sense why this just the first part of seven could equal the amount of content that I got in RE2. So like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll I think we can give them a pass. Yeah. And I think that they are actually in a. I think it can be dangerous to kind of make things up as you go along, but I think they can afford to do that with this because it's not like I don't think even if this game ends up being kind of weird what it does with the story or there's things with the gameplay that people don't necessarily like, I don't think Final, the, the second part of Final Fantasy VII Remake is going to come around and people are going to be like, well, I'm not interested. Yeah. I'm tuned out now. I'll tell you what it's I like don't... Are, it's the interest is only going to you know quadruple. What I don't want is Final Fantasy XV where we just like randomly get like episode Ignis and episode Arden and like, oh, here's this thing that happened... In between everything, and sure. you know, this is a really important part of their story. And like, no, just no. Just Based continue. off the way those yeah. were outright canceled, I don't know if remember there was three they more cut, chapters. Yeah, they sure. they pulled funding, yeah, or whatever they did with that, yeah. Um, it but was things already feel more left. together with remake. Well, than they yeah, fifteen. Tabata so. uh, left. Thank you. Yeah, left yeah. um, So I think all this though, the important thing is whatever the next game is. I think it's a safe assumption that the game will literally end when you leave Midgar between Ian, Ian painting the picture of We've like the, the, the cliche. We've seen the last shot. Of it. <laughs> and I, or the fur, the furthest it will go will be to the flashback, like Cloud trying to re, um, retell the events of years ago in Niflheim, Niflheim of uh, what happened between Sephiroth, him, and Tifa mm-hmm. in his home in his hometown. That might be as far as it'll dare to go, but whatever that is. The problem is the next it's the next part of the game will have 
the one that I think is going to be potentially the most controversial what they do with it, mm-hmm. which is the overworld. Yeah. Right. Like, we will not get to the overworld realistically in this game. Mm-hmm. Next game's going to have to answer that. And we'll have that answer. What are you doing with that nice overworld that people have nice memories of and traveling, finding hidden stuff, blah, blah, blah? Or was it really not that great? And it was just a thing you just backtracked back and forth all over just to get to your destiny. Like, what are they going to do with it? It's a big question. Chance. Hell no, they're not going to do it. Oh. No. no I disagree. They're going to do it. When was, they haven't done an overworld since not the 10 didn't have an overworld? Like, well, was 15 10 the last overworld? Since 15 nine. is open it's world. Nine, they're right? going to do it like 15. Oh. So you're talking about like a classic style overworld, like. Yeah, like the no, old like, 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 like the insane with fifteen. Like there'll be open spaces, but like there's gonna be no other map. That so you how are you gonna to... get to like Emerald Weapon or whatever if there's no? It's just a, a map, of, you know, like like twelve. Yeah, it's, it's got to be open. A dot on a map that you click on. Oh no way! So you're saying I walk out of Costa del Sol and I can already see uh, the Golden Saucer in the in the distance. You probably they'll probably do stuff like that. There's no way the game will be a seamless overworld. Like like open world like that style? No way. I think they'll shrink you down, Jones. I think they'll just go go. It'll be like MMO style zones, style. like interconnected. It's not gonna zones. be like Dragon Quest Eleven. You're not gonna like. I really get in think a, it's gonna be. I highly doubt. Oh, I have high man. doubts because they just haven't done that in a long time. Yeah. I think they're yeah. I think it'll be like open world. It's sweet. Yeah. That's what That'd I, be what so I hope for. Do you do realize then that's gonna take like forever to make? Yeah. Do you know? I don't think they know. I don't think they've no, decided yeah. yet. No, I know. Yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. the problem. I think, like, I so think that's a bit. That's a hard. I question. think there's a fair chance that we would see something that's more akin to um, when they do that zoom out of Midgar in the beginning of the demo. I think we do. We see something like that, where it zooms out and then you zoom oh. in, and there might be like other things that kind of give you that overworld vibe, like you go through a forest or a field mm. or something like that. Like you're saying, like big zones. Uh, but like you don't just like walk from yeah. Midgard to everywhere. actually blood. That's yeah. a really good they, idea. They ab- yeah, they absolutely could put stuff along the way to serve as we're just gonna have a quick cutscene here to walk to the next destination because after you leave Midgard, you go to uh, forgetting the name of the first town where you have the flashback stuff. You can just go there. Then you can go to the Chocobo farm. Then you can go to the caves. Then you, they can actually force you to do. F- There's so many things they could redo to make you and like your party splits up after you. Li- that's a spoiler. Sorry, <laughs> your party splits up after Midgard. That's not a big spoiler, but like it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Do they let you play both paths and stuff like that? This no. is stuff. I'm but this is stuff they could do. They gotta get to, to give you done. enough content that doesn't require you to have a massive overworld. Yeah, I hear you. I think is mm-hmm. then they have solutions in front of them to do that. And if they don't want to tackle this massive open world solid game, that's gonna take forever for them to make. What if what if they include playable? Advent children stuff. No. At the end. I say yes. Oh, you mean and like maybe later. You mean <laughs> after after all the game boys. you mean like make, yeah. playing in Advent Children's World? We just gotta get maybe these games the, to make more than any other game mm-hmm. in the history of Square Enix and then we'll yeah. get that. If part two is the last part, there's a DLC that's Advent Children. Yeah. I'd play it. I'd play it too. They did. Uh our next one oh. is gonna be I'm gonna re- it's gonna require some voice acting from the okay. oh. Ready for this? Woo! Okay. Hi allies. I live with two women who are not gamers, Mm -hmm. but my room is the living room. My room is the living room, which they often pass through. This means when they are home, I cannot react to failure or disappointment the way I would if I was alone. One particular time, I lost 100,000 souls in Dark Souls 2 while literally steps away from getting them back. 
They were both in the kitchen, so I had to hold all of that anger inside me. Can I live, can I, excuse me, can I live out my frustration through you guys as the panel each gives their most sincere reaction to constant failure and retrying in a video game? Love and respect from Ukraine, Jason Wojnar. Jones. Yeah. You just lost 100,000 souls. You're steps away for getting those souls back. What is your reaction? Come on! Oh, come on! Come on! Uh. <clears throat> I like the recovery on that, too. That, that is very realistic. The, oh. And then you're back in. You pick up the controller. Because you got to take a breath. Yeah. Come back. Michael Damiani. <laughs> you shoot! From software, please learn how to make good hit detection. That's bullshit. I was right there. Learn to code your games. Bye. I'm not even playing this piece of shit anymore. Daniel Bloodworth, how do you react? What? What just happened? Are you? Are you for real? No. 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 Okay. Uh, to listeners, Daniel Butterworth has walked away <laughs> out of frustration. Ian Hink. Um, <laughs> you've lost a thousand, hundred thousand souls. No one understands this more than Ian. Hundred thousand ain't even that bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, those are rookie. We gotta, we gotta. I gotta, gotta up, up it. those numbers. I gotta up it. Uh, I think in my current state with yeah. with Souls games. I usually just go like, <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> like oh, that's that. pretty good. Your roommates would think you're normal. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's but that's a, good, that's a good one with the, okay, okay, yeah. all, all right. right, okay. That's Bossman right. style. Okay, okay, okay. That is all my right. style, yeah. Okay. Well, all right. Okay, game. Oh, well, if you, okay, oh. game. Mm, all, all right. right. Mm. Mm-hmm. But definitely there have been some bosses where I'm like, Gah! you know, like, White knuckle squeezing the controller. The other thing, too, is, like, I will monologue. I'll, like, talk a lot at the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, like, really, like this so? is this, this so. voice, like, going on in my brain. It's, like, you're, you're talking. No one's, you're, you're not talking to anybody. No one's hearing what you're saying right now. This is not making you feel better. This is not gaining you progress in this game. Just stop talking. And I have to just kind of slowly, like, back off, just, like. As if you're streaming, what are you what are you talking about? Just like literally, like I'm, you know, like kind of like what you know Damiani was saying, where it's just like this isn't fun. This isn't fun. Why am oh. I? Why would I do if I? Yes. If I and, and this was my problem with Souls for a long time. It's just like if I'm not if I'm not progressive and I'm not leveling up, then why am I continuing to play? Why why is this? This isn't fun. Why am I? Why wouldn't I just? Why would there be a checkpoint right there? Then I could just go ahead and do this boss instead of having to go back. I don't. This isn't fun. Okay, fine. I'll play. Okay, okay. I believe. I believe, I okay. believe that too. Okay. <laughs> and then ten minutes later, I'm like having a good time playing the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just some of those moments. Uh, that was fun. Spicy question today. Do you think that things that are pro-consumer can actually make a game or service look worse? Sony announced that their PS Now games for the month, in uh, which Control is a major get for them. Okay, so they announced their major games for the month. Control is a major get inside of those. However, oh, Control is one of them? Yeah, yeah, PS Now. That's crazy. However, the PS blog clearly states that these games will only be available until Monday, August 31st. You would think that having this information public would be a good thing, but 
It kind of feels bad knowing ahead of time that something is only temporary. On the other hand, Shenmue 1 and 2 are leaving Game Pass soon, and though I am glad Microsoft lets us know ahead of time, we are not really told how long these deals are last ahead of time. Who knows when recent third-party games like Yakuza and Witcher will leave the service, but not knowing somewhat makes me feel better. How do you feel about this? Do you have any other examples you feel fit into this situation? Love and respect, Gregory Pika Greg Golan. This is a big difference between HBO and Netflix, I feel. Yeah. Because HBO has a line that says, going away. Yeah. And you're like, ooh, you know, and so I might end up watching some dumb thing just because, like, I'm, it's going away, mm-hmm. you know? Whereas Netflix is actually kind of sneaky, you know, like, or, or they wait until, I remember, like, The Office was a huge deal, and, like, Friends, like, no! Yeah. You know, they, they, they themselves aren't going to, like, when you tune in, be like, watch Friends right now because it's yeah, going Yeah, other tomorrow. websites are always like, everything leaving and coming yep. to Netflix yeah. in January. Every month, hit those up. I love <laughs> them. Yeah, but, I mean, most users don't. It's not part of the UI of the yeah. actual Netflix, yeah. uh, never stated. And so I do wonder if, how fair that appeal is. And I do, it's funny that it is actually giving this person peace of mind to not know when the end date is. I have a question, because with Game Pass, yeah. your save doesn't go away, right? You keep your save? Right. With play, the other, the controls on PlayStation Now? Or, yeah. Yeah. With that, you, do you keep your save or not? Assuming yeah. it have to be, you yes, would, because right? you can still buy the game. Yeah, yeah. and you can okay. still download them, uh, yeah. especially the PS4 games. Okay, those, okay, yeah. good, good, good. Yeah, then I feel way less bad about uh, any of this. Because if you lost your save, you know, like if your save was for some stupid reason part of the deal, then it would be a nightmare <laughs> with PlayStation Now. I just didn't know because I never used it. Yeah, I mean, particularly with something longer, like, you know, like you're talking about Shenmue 1 and 2. You know, if you find out that game's going away in a week or two, like, well, I missed it, I guess. You know, like, I'm not going to have time to play through that that in time before it goes away. Whereas, you can still buy it. Sure. But I'm saying if, like, if, if that's, you know, the, if that's the perk of it being on there is that you don't have to buy it. Yeah. You know, so I, I can see that. It's like, oh, I have three months to play Control. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. You know, let's figure it out i've got time so yeah go ahead Ian. oh i was just gonna say that uh something we run into in our line of work a lot um that i think is a detriment to my play experience a lot of times is when like trying to get something done before a deadline you know like usually Mm -hmm. for me it's like i gotta play this by goatees or or i won't be able to talk about it you know and like that it doesn't really impact my ability to critique a game on like an intellectual level, but it does affect my minute-to-minute enjoyment of the game. Certainly, yeah. And so I don't want that for anybody else, you know. Like I don't want, you know, anyone to have to beat Shenmue two in two weeks or what. I know, I know that the windows are longer, but like, yeah, it's not, it's not a great feeling to have a ticking time bomb on a play experience, you know. Always, yeah. Yeah, it is definitely something I don't think they want us to be aware of in both cases in ps now in xbox uh game pass i i think like netflix it's like don't worry about it man look at all the stuff that we have and i i think that um the aggregate's more important than any individual piece yeah yeah and i I do wonder i wonder if that is dishonest i wonder if we should know i like knowing 
Netflix is interesting. Netflix caters much more to who you are, whereas HBO is definitely like, look at us. You know, yeah. like I, you know, like I love uh, one of my favorite things on HBO is Last Week Tonight. And sometimes I'll boot it up, and there's been a, there was a new episode like tonight, mm-hmm. and it's gone. I'm like what? I gotta like go into series and go like down to L and <laughs> yeah. be like, what? Why aren't you pitching? Why aren't you selling the new episode of the new show? That you gotta just came see out? McMillions, John. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I, I enjoy the transparency. I enjoy the, the shuffling around them knowing that like we, you know, we only have these things for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. I like, uh, it's part of the deal, man. I'm curious too, how much of that is known up front in the other cases, right? Towards like, okay, well, we've got a contract for Shenmue one and two, Yeah. you know, but you know, we can, ex- we we'll can extend that, but you know, by the time it runs out and yeah. then you're like, no, I'm like, but, but we want to, we want to, no, we're done. That was, we got what we need. Actually, uh, there's truth behind that because mm-hmm. there's usually the renewal period can come up, yeah, and it's up on the yeah the licensor to be like, uh, do you want to renew this or not? And if they say no, well, then it's going to exit. But they might not know if they're going to make that choice or not at that point, so they can't advertise ahead of time like it will be gone by this state. Mm-hmm. Some contracts are like I'm assume will explicitly say no matter what you're losing it at this date. Yeah, but there are some that offer that option to say come back, we'll talk about it again, you can keep it for longer, and depending on what they opt, that's the fate of it, but yeah, you're not going to tell your audience, you can't, yeah, you can't discuss that publicly. Yeah, Stuff I like mean, that. that's like a, with uh, Friends and uh, The Office, you know, it's like, oh, sorry, NBC's starting their own streaming service, we're going to end whenever our contract ends, and you're right, I guess it is, there's absolutely a renewal period. Um, but it's funny, though, because in the case of Friends, you know, Friends holds the power. It's like, Friends can say, sure, Netflix, you can keep this for another million bucks or 20 million bucks or whatever, you know, like, Mm -hmm. or, you know, in that case, NBC wants it for their own service. But, like, I wonder if that's always the case, you know, like, sometimes maybe, like, more independent studios might be like, please keep this on your service. And they're like, eh, no one's watching it. No one's playing it. Like, we're not going to renew the option. Like, yeah, PlayStation Now is not going to renew the option, you know. So it's, yeah, I do think it's really interesting. Uh, control in particular, I bet they do have the power in this case because right, yeah. they just say it's ending August thirty first. This is the this is how long this deal is. Uh, they had to say we're not going to be an Xbox Game Pass explicitly. Mm. Uh, I think just because Phil Spencer at one point slipped and said Control is coming to Game Pass, uh, and then they had to come out and say, no, 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 it's not, it's not. And I wonder if that at that point they knew they were in PS Now uh. coming forward. Uh, but yeah, I do think Ian, I think. Something like Control gets a hot deal. Yeah. And I think Control specifically, because it does have that end date, yeah, yeah, is evidence of that. Because it's like no, one's, no one has the, the right to continue the option on it, it right? It's just like, yeah, we'll give it to you for three months. Yeah. I do like when they explicitly put below titles on any of the streaming. Like Amazon does it. HBO does it. Leaving this state. Oh. They'll put it right at the bottom yeah. of it. Like I That's l- cool. love seeing that because it will immediately know I don't have enough time to do this. Don't even bother. Mm-hmm. I mean, film TV is a little, but especially a TV series. Like yeah. I never could get through this many seasons. This, so nope, yeah. I'm gonna peace out with a game. Doesn't I, I, having your save backed up is great, but like if you're not intending to ever buy it, well, why would you ever start something you can't like you know finish or at least get a decent amount into? So it's nice to have that warning and not be like next day they pull the plug on it. Like wait, where'd my game go? Yeah. And right. then there's then there's Disney Plus that does the opposite of that, where like some weird ass like Disney Channel movie from 1992 says like coming November 2021, and it's like <laughs> why is the thumbnail on here then, you maniacs? Like what? You're just teasing me. Uh, it's time for bets. Next week's bet. 
Ori and the Will of the Wisps will be released on Wednesday, March 11th. We'll be recording on March 12th, the very day after. How many viewers will that game have on Twitch.tv? Brandon Jones. 15K. Michael Damiani. 2,000. Daniel Bloodworth. No, I thought I was on the low end. Uh, 11,000. I've got 7,949. Jeez, I thought I was low, too. I put the highest, 20K. Okay. That's a good spread. Let me lock that in. Last week's bet was about One Punch Man, a hero nobody knows, (laughs) uh, which released uh, Friday, February 28th. Uh, I looked at the top 10 most recent reviews on OpenCritic.com, and I counted the amount of times I saw the word anime. Jones, you bet nine. Huber and I both bet 15. Damiani Blood, you got guesses? How many times did you hear the word anime in 10 reviews for One Punch Man? Reviews. Were there 20, only three people here 20, last week? Yep. Yeah. 20 plus. Wow. Yeah, I was about to say 22. 35. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. 35. They say at least twice per article. There were some that did six. There were some that did five. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Huber and I won the bet after the first three reviews I read. <laughs> we were already there. Um, so that Live gives, and learn. Live and learn. That's that when you got to remember. You really got to commit yes. that. Man, uh, so that gives both teams a point. Gorgeous Gorillas, five. Uh-huh. Sick Owls, four. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just, That's a good one. <laughs> uh, I do have to acknowledge a bet that I lost on this very podcast. Mm. December 2018, Bradley Ellis pointed at me <laughs> and said that the Sonic the Hedgehog movie would be good. And I said, no way. There's no way that movie is going to be good. And then we figured out that the way to determine whether it's good or not is Rotten Tomatoes. Whether If, if it's 60% or below, that is not good. 61% higher would be good. Uh, it is above 61%, just barely. I think it's at 63 uh, which means that the terms of the bet is that I, on a live stream, must pat Damiani three times on the head. On a live stream? On a live stream, yeah. Do you have to right say right. why? Count. No, I don't you, have to say, but I think it's fun to you know just why. just do it? 64% right now. Oh, hey, man. Still, It's still better than I thought it would be in yeah. December of 2018. Audience score 93. <laughs> That's some audience, man. <laughs> That's some audience. That is a very forgiving audience. They're trained to only give fives. They're just happy to be there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Could have been worse. Could have been worse. Wait, uh, the Invisible Man is good? Yeah. What the hell? Huh. It's good horror. The trailer made it look so dumb. Anyway, sorry. Elizabeth Olsen. Uh, let me tell everybody about patreon.com slash easy allies. That'd be a website you would go to if you're interested in supporting the easy allies and uh, seeing what else we do because there's much more beyond this podcast. But if you're a hardcore fan of this podcast, you should know that if you're a $5 patron, you get this podcast two days early. You get it on Fridays as opposed to Sundays. And if you're a $1 patron, you get this podcast without any ad reads, just like this one. This one had zero ad reads. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jones, you looked at me like I was crazy. I thought there was a shout-out, and I was waiting to correct you on something, I think. Oh, what happened? Well, it's not Elizabeth Olsen. That's, you're, that, you're thinking that's the Olsen twins' sister, who's Scarlet Witch, right? That's Elizabeth Olsen? Peggy Olsen is her character's name. Elizabeth, on Mad Men. <laughs> yes. Elizabeth Hurley. 
Uh, really? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. Oh. Moss. But yes. Elizabeth Moss. Moss. There we go. Thank yes. you, Jones. And apparently that's why it's good. <laughs> Thank She's you, Joe. Apparently very, very good. In yeah. It. Yeah. Saved us. Oh, uh, yeah. John, Jones for giving me that look of panic that oh. was, I need to correct you right now. Um, delete your comments. Uh, Jones, it is time for some shout outs. Though. Yay. Shout out to Elfanis. Greg, the Dark Knight, Kettering, Caleb, Togi Crawford, Will Schmuck, and Mr. One Luigi. Shout, shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Uh, in an event of a tie, the leading team uh, is the one that is the tiebreaker for the rights and responsibilities. Damiani, you are sitting in the seat that Michael Huber was sitting in last week. So, you get the right and responsibility to share your Twitter handle with the world. You get to promote any Easy Eyes video you would like to promote. You get to sign off with your trademark sign-off, but before that, you get the final word and anything you've disagreed with, want to reiterate, or just popped into your head. All right. Uh, you can follow me at Damianicus on Twitter. I, sorry, Damian, i got to stop you. Jones, you seem lost in thought again. Is something uh, wrong? The lights are still going. Oh. oh, I thought you could correct me on my but Twitter. Is, I don't know if it was important. Uh, 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 like the, the Jones, like, like does it matter? <laughs> I just forgot about yeah, it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's really important. <laughs> it's just not that important, you know. Uh, two two listeners. Why that would be confusing is that it was it was a, like a we were. I'll in, put them on the oven. We the were in an oven lights. right there. It was just red light throbbing <laughs> here in the studio, and that's why Jones was confused. Okay, all right, Damiani. Stop. Okay. Ooh, St. Patty's oh, Day whoa. for a second. Oh, okay. Okay. This is the Mysterious Monsters Monster Kill Lights. Oh, cool. Uh, okay. So your Twitter handle one more time. Yeah. Okay, so somebody was scribbling that down and got it lost. Sure. Uh, you can follow me at Damianicus on Twitter. Uh, video to promote. I usually have one in my head right away, and I don't have what one. What have you been working on? Uh, I like promoting other people's videos. I wow. never – I don't – I usually do not promote my own. I don't want to say never because I probably have at one point. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I got a new thing going on. Yeah. Oh, do you, Kyle? Yeah. Every mm-hmm. every Sunday, I got to kind of. I got. That is right. Thing. And in fact, you know what? I have shout out to. Am I allowed to do that? No. Oh, shit. Okay. Shout outs are expensive. Okay. <laughs> I want to give props. Yes. <laughs> I want to give props. You can give props to Kyle uh, for the uh, work in progress. It's a work in progress intro. For never, never too late, late to Dreamcast. Dreamcast. No, dude, that thing's oh, that, that's the final. Oh. Yeah, that's final. Oh, I thought you were telling your chat. I was watching. Like, okay, I got some. Like, oh, I guess tell it me looks some like things. a work in progress. Kyle. Such a good dig. No, it was really good, such but like such a good dig. No, it was not a dig on the quality, Kyle. I thought you were like trying to preface chat, like chat. There's gonna be even more to this, like because uh-uh. it was already so good. I was like, uh-huh. dude, Kyle, you can just no. cut this no. and you're no. good. Nice whip, bro. Two days later, after I showed them the beta version of the intro, they got to see the final version of that intro. Okay. Which clearly wasn't enough for Damiani. (laughs) Okay. Well, props to Kyle Mm. for It's Never Too Late to Dreamcast. And it's, uh, is it cut down? Yeah. Because it's 40 minutes. I saw the video, it's 40 minutes, the edited version. So mm-hmm. you can check that out on the main channel. Yeah. Yeah, on uh, youtube.com slash easy allies. And that's every Sunday. This live stream is every Sunday at what time, Kyle? 2 p.m. Pacific time. There you go. Um, I don't have a final word. I can't think of anything. Just close your eyes. Mm-hmm. Tell me the first sentence that comes to your head. No. Was it dirty? No, no. it's a sentence. No, it's a sentence. It's not a final thought, though. Final <laughs> thoughts can be more than one sentence. 
Uh, so we're talking about, we talking about Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Hey, oh, I got, I got, I, I got one. Here it is. Okay. okay, all right. Um, should this be called Final Fantasy VII Remake Part One? I don't see what the big deal is. It's called Final Fantasy VII Part One. Everyone's happy. And uh, until next time, may the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. We tied a lot of tech talk last week. We did tie a lot of tech talk.